Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at The Matrix Resurrections. Directed by Lana Wachowski, The Matrix Resurrections is the science fiction action film which serves as a sequel to The Matrix Revolutions and is the fourth entry in The Matrix film franchise. The movie is out now, but if you haven't watched The Matrix Resurrections yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. With rumours about a fourth film circulating since the release of the third film, it wasn't until late 2019 that it was finally announced, with Lana Wachowski returning as director without her sister. Keanu Reeves, Carrie-Anne Moss, Jada Pinkett-Smith and Lambert Wilson reprise their roles from the previous films. Luke, you have the plot. Set 60 years after the events of Revolutions, Thomas Anderson, also known as Neo, who lives a seemingly ordinary life as a video game developer, is troubled with distinguishing dreams from reality. A group of rebels, with the help of a programmed version of Morpheus, free Neo from an altered matrix and fight a new enemy that holds Trinity captive. All right, here we go. So it's been many, many years. Many years. 18, I believe. I didn't do the math. That's just a quick guess. We have a new Matrix, and and not just a new Matrix film. I mean, we gave the spoiler warning, but you go into this movie, and once you start to get some answers as to what's actually going on, we get told that we are in a new Matrix. <laughs> it's it's all happening. How much did you know before going in? I mean, like, what was in, like, the first trailer? Neo and Trinity were back. Keanu Reeves and Carrie-Anne Moss were back, obviously playing those characters. Um, We had this new guy as what we assume was Morpheus, uh, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. He's now our Morpheus. Um, Everything looked pretty bright and clear and clean as opposed to, you know, that grittiness and that green tinted, you know, film that we got, you know, that first Matrix film, the second, the third one. This looked different, yet still looked kind of cool. But essentially story-wise, I had no idea. I had no idea what actually was what we were going to get, essentially. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same. Like you, I watched that first trailer. That was it. That is all I'd seen. So as I'm watching the movie, I'm finding out everything for the first time. Like I didn't know it was a video game developer, all of this. I knew at some point Trinity and Neo would come together again. We saw that in that first trailer, but I didn't know what the story was going to be. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of stuff going on in like maybe like the first half an hour of the film where I dead set was just sitting there with just questions, like just what is going on? What is actually happening? What is this movie presenting to us? And as I got the answers, I started to realize I was like, I'm not really into. The- I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's it- what basically I'm like. I mean, we get the opening scene, and it's sort of. I mean, it presents itself as if it's the opening scene of that original Matrix film. Obviously, there's a sort of a twist to it. It's something a little bit different. There's a Trinity, but it's not quite Trinity. And then we're sort of presented with, you know, Thomas Anderson once again. And like there's a there's a lot of stuff going on. There's there's the movies telling us that the Matrix is a video game. It's also potentially, I'm not quite sure, but maybe a, a film franchise as well with a trilogy or, or it was a trilogy of games. Um very meta, very meta kind of I guess dialogue and exposition and then sort of world building there until we realize we eventually learned that you know like I said we're in a new matrix but as all of this is unfolding I mean I'm just sitting there and I'm just like okay this is a bit of a ride I'm not sure what they're doing here I don't really know where this is going and then as I start to get the answers I was like okay I don't know something didn't really work for me as we got into the the gritty, the the meat and potatoes of the movie, I guess. I love The Matrix, that first film. 
watched at the cinema. I watched it at home twice this year. The first time I rewatched the trilogy. And then I watched the first one a second time. My wife, she'd never seen it. All in preparation for what? watching the new one. Right? <laughs> no, she'd never seen it. What? Love the Matrix. I really do. Mm. So I was looking forward to watching it at the movies. Oh, I want to say as well, once again, a Warner Brothers film opening with the Universal logo. I do get it now. They clearly distribute the movie here in Australia. It didn't make me think I was in the wrong film this time. It's, like with Conjuring no, and Suicide Squad. Got to be confusing every time. <laughs> every it is because it's the Matrix. You, you think the Warner Brothers shield, which again, you do get after Universal. So I'm, I'm sat there in the cinema. I'm looking forward to it. The sound, even though it's not Don Davis, the original composer who did the first three films, it still sounds like The Matrix. Black screen, you've got the green symbols, and it's, oh, great, this is this is cool. The moment you've already talked about where it's that first film, it's Trinity, but it's a different actress, that was fairly on in the film. And that was the first time I thought, oh, I don't like this. Because it's reminding me of that thing that I really like, but it's not Carrie Ann Moss. So for me, it's it's that, but not as good. But then it's a loop, it's a sequence. Okay, so let's move forward. I do have a few moments like that in the film where, and you you mentioned you know whether it was like a video game trilogy, which I think that is what they're saying. But because they're just showing footage from the first three films. It could you could think are the games that advance? It looks like actors more so than <laughs> they do in real life, or was there really a film series? But let's just go with it. So Trinity in the beginning, showing like many times over just clips from the original movies, which you now even when it's showing clips from the sequels, they're showing good clips. But they're just reminding you of a better thing. It's it's like and the then, movie. It's like the movie doesn't so, trust that we remember those three movies, and, and that's for, the thing for some people. And I, I'm like yeah, thinking, I get it, yes, but who is it for? Because we know, especially me, I just rewatched the trilogy and the first one twice, so like I, I don't need to be reminded. So I, I just say the first half hour because this I think is the longest Matrix movie. It's pretty much a two and a half hour film. It's got a long runtime, but as you've said, the first half hour, it's mainly just recapping, which fans already know. But the last thing before we move on, you've talked about Morpheus already. I get it. I get the the story behind it. Neo, he purposely programmed Morpheus, or more like a, a combination of Morpheus and Agent Smith, which I thought was interesting characteristics of both but he doesn't look like Lawrence Fishburne so I'm thinking oh okay he obviously didn't come back to the film or back to the franchise they've got Yaya who is great we've seen him in Candyman Aquaman other things you know he's with man he's a a good oh Watchmen Watchmen the TV series we've seen him in things (laughs) Watchmen so he is good but you know what he is not Lawrence Fishburne. And I'm, and I'm watching it, I'm thinking, well, Fishburne clearly wasn't wanting to come back, where apparently they'd not even asked him. So I'm guessing it was intentional for them to go younger with the role. So it's like, right, okay, if this is going to be a new Morpheus, let's just go with it. Oh, no, you keep showing me Lawrence Fishburne. You keep reminding <laughs> me of how good Lawrence Fishburne is. And then you've got Yaya doing, and I get it, he does it for humor, like he's doing lines and he's in the you know, oh, just the not as cool. cubicle. And ah, that's my big gripe with the movie. That's not my overall view yeah. of the film, but, with- but whenever it's reminding me of when they'd done it better previously, it didn't help this film. Just to just with, with Morpheus, for like to go into this, I was like, I know they're gonna present a reason why. You know, he doesn't look like Lawrence Fishburne. I was like, okay, cool. And I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever that reason is. And then they present that reason, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. Like, it, I don't know. It wasn't. It just wasn't a mind blowing reason. I, I was like, I, they kind of expected something a 
a little bit more than just oh it's a what is he he's like a, mo a modal or something they call him like some sort of it was a digital version of morpheus like he's a program in the matrix okay cool. yeah like sure okay I, I get it yeah. I, I get that right as a story point i do i get it but but then the movie I mean, doesn't again, do, it, do any favors by constantly reminding you and showing you lawrence fishman and showing you everything that's come before but look, what this it doesn't this, seem necessary though it doesn't no. seem necessary because from what i've read fishburne would have done it hmm you, okay, so we've got a lot of returning cast members, and I've, and you know you don't have a Matrix film without Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Until this film, I would have confidently said without Lawrence Fishburne also. But you can't forget Agent Smith, oh, yeah. and the movie <laughs> reminds us as Hugo Weaving because we get clips of him. We get you know in. In the guy's office, who we find out is actually Agent Smith, but it's a different actor. It's Jonathan Groff. And he's revealed to be Agent Smith and he's somehow being trapped. So I guess that kind of makes sense, him having a different face when trapped. But if you if you look, like the, the talent we're talking about, whether it's Lawrence Fishburne, Hugo Weaving, they're the guys that didn't come back for this film. It's you're thinking, uh, mm. did they did they read the script and think, not no, for me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think this film's bad. I don't, but i i didn't ex I didn't know it was going to be as meta as it was. Like, I, I heard yeah. some and, things about it being meta, but I didn't realize it was going to be to the extent that it is. And do you know what? Like with the with the meta stuff, it's you know, like there's there's a clever way of of including meta humor or meta sort of just concepts i guess and you know you can get creative you can get smart about it and it can be quite ingenious and quite you know like oh, yeah, i gotta see what they did this movie like there was nothing smart about what they were doing they literally were just saying things like they even name dropped warner brothers and then that just gave me space jam two vibes again i was like oh my god like they're they, I don't know. I don't know. There's. It takes you out, doesn't it? It does. When you... it, yeah. Yeah. It does the jokes about like, oh, like how are we going to, you know, oh, there was that trilogy and we've been trying to do a fourth one. How are we going to do a fourth one? And then, then they're talking about things like, you know, like bullet time. And I'm like, no, bullet time is, is the filming technique. They never referred to bullet time as the actual thing in the movie. And then suddenly that it just creates this extra element of the main but the audience did so yeah. it, it does it does track because you know watching it that was the thing i was like wow look and bullet time i mean i remember playing the video game on playstation and being able to do bullet time yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool. great it was it one was of the cool. big you know big selling points of the game which is what they're doing in the film so it does it does track i agree Saying Warner Brothers just that, that just I don't know it doesn't sound right, but the idea that they've got him trapped and it it kind of makes sense. Look, like conceptually, I get I like I'm following the story. I understand what they're doing here. I just think they're executing it in such a lazy, blatant, just like kind of meh way. I mean, essentially, like here's what they're doing. They're as we're experiencing this movie. They're, they're hitting the same story beats as that original Matrix film. And it's kind of a drag because what's happening is that through the eyes of Thomas Anderson or Neo, Keanu Reeves, where he's, he's realizing or he's finding out that, you know, like he's, he's in this computer program and then he has to go through these steps to sort of learn about what the Matrix is and he has to wake up and then he has to adjust to the the real world. It's it's like it's kind of frustrating as a as a viewer of this movie because it's like we've been through this. Like, can we? Why are we doing this again? Like, I get it for that character. He has to go through that because of the you know the retconning events of of everything that's gone down. But I mean, as a viewer, it's like 
this is not anything new. It's a slightly different setting and there's slightly different events. But essentially, it's like, okay, he's waking up in the pod. He's all wet and slimy and naked. Cool. We've seen this before. You know, like he wakes up and then it's like he's jumping. You know, they even Morpheus even takes him to like that training room. And I was like, he's going to do the, the, you know, the Bruce Lee thing with his hand. He didn't. Kind of disappointed. But <laughs> and then I was waiting for the line. I was like, I know Kung Fu. And they had a little spin on that. And I was just like, ah, oh, we just keep going through the same stuff. Honestly, that's what I thought the film was going to be. For that first trailer, when we talked about it on the podcast, I thought it was going to be a rehash of that first film. It, and at for, the time, I remember saying, and I'd be okay with movie, that. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like, it really was. There was nothing new. It was just the same, the same beats, at least. Well, Neo asks, just, doesn't he, what was the point? We didn't achieve anything. We didn't change anything. And then I've got to say, Jessica Henwick, I really liked her in this as Bugs. I first saw her on the Iron Fist TV show, and she was like one of the only good things in that. Yeah. <laughs> and she's good here, but I'm pretty sure it's her character that's like, yeah, Neo, you did change things. What you did was really important. And then they never go back to it. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, I know there's like the new Scion, and we've got Jada Pinkett, Smith back and I did read an interview with her like because she's got prosthetics in the film it took like five hours in the makeup chair looks great yeah I like that they've gone that way I mean this is the thing right because Matrix is digital but the way more so that first one the way they made those films back in the 90s I guess early noughties it was as practical as possible and they were using, you know, techniques and cheats on how they were going to achieve a lot of the visuals. And then, I don't know, there's something about this where you've mentioned, like, you know, how cleaner it is. You've not got that green hue. So on one hand, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be digital. It's HD and it's and, and that's well, I mean, the look of the film. Essentially, like, they, they, film, do... they film this one on, on digital rather than... On well, there you go. And the other films. one was was digital but what i was going to say i do like the fact they've not just gone the marvel method which you know for the most part does look good when they're able to de-age actors i guess they could have aged up digitally jada binkett smith but they didn't they put her in prosthetics so she looked fantastic i thought except for like the the huge um like exposition dump that we get you know when we we get to Scion or Ion? Is it? There's a. Isn't it like a new? I don't know. They're in a new place. It's it's new now because six years later. I don't know. There was civil war. Things happened. Anyway, when we get to you know like the real world and we're learning about everything that's happened, it's like it's all very interesting mythology, world building stuff, catching up on the past six years, what happened after, you know, revelations. But it is all just told to us, and I'm just like I hate when this happens, when we're just being told things, it's very interesting. But, you know, unless we're learning this to a very creative conversation between two characters, it, it's just it's just words being spoken to me. And I'm like, eh. So, again, not interesting. It is. Interesting enough there. But still, good to see her. I'm glad they at least tried to bring another character back from the real world because I know, like, obviously, there's a few more, but we didn't see any of them kind of thing except for that other guy that you end up you know we get the fighting with later actually with the with the fighting and the like the matrix so before before you get into the fight what i was just going to say is that that this is supposed to be a film most films now like if they bring a franchise back or whatever it's meant to be the start of something more they didn't plan this to be a second trilogy just to play as one film. And that's why I think some of the world building gets shortchanged because they can't spend the time they would need to spend on it. Whereas if they oh, were planning fair. multiple films, like we would, maybe they would have handled Naomi's character differently and we would have been shown like over time. But I guess they, they knew they're just going to want to do this one film. So they've got to pack in as much as possible. I do think it was odd 
that Christina Ricci just pops up for maybe what a scene was random, wasn't and it? And then <laughs> to the point where I had to go on IMDb. Did I see her? Was she really <laughs> in this film? Yeah, she is. She's she's in it for like a scene, and then I'm like, but why? She's had but nothing why? to do with the Matrix. And then I thought, uh, Speed Racer. <laughs> She did that film oh, with the Wachowskis after Matrix. You know, just on the just on the Wachowskis, right? Like, look, the Matrix film was amazing, amazing. You know, like number two was enjoyable. Not many people have too much praise to say about the third one. And then, to be honest, everything the Wachowskis did following the Matrix, let's be honest, it hasn't been great. It it had it hurts me to say it, but it hasn't been great. I know we're only getting yeah, one of I mean, the Wachowskis, but I mean, I'm yeah. just full disclosure, I wasn't expecting too much going into this. Purely on the watch... fact of like, look, I don't know what you know this one Wachowski yeah. can do, but even then, I'm like going into like it's it's it just still disappointed me. It's it's, yeah. it's bizarre. Like my bar was not too high. I've got to say, it was not too high, and I was still disappointed. But actually, but I didn't watch. I'm just going to let me say, I didn't watch Card Atlas. That's one of theirs I've not seen. But all the others, I think you know the first one they did, Bound. I didn't see that. But from the Matrix onwards, I have seen their films. Even when they're just producing, like V for Vendetta, they didn't direct that one. But the Matrix is is the highlight for sure. That first one. But it's one thing. Um, I know you mentioned Bugs. Just before, and then you know, we're talking Warner Brothers, and I already had my my weird flash to Space Jam, but you know, like she's essentially the White Rabbit with the thing. What other rabbit do we know by the name of Bugs? Bugs Bunny. Yep. <laughs> it's all it's all there, man. The nobody missed that. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> what do they call it? The Warner Brothers Metaverse or something, which was like a Matrix oh, type thing. Like, can we can we not? We've we did a whole episode about Space Jam. <laughs> it, I can't remember. Is it a new legacy? I, I don't I know, even. It doesn't remember. matter. But you're right though, and, and I'm and didn't they have like Agent Smith or they had some like a Matrix reference in they did, yeah. Space Jam, yeah. anyway. Mental. Um, it's, it's all related. It's all related. But look, the fight, the fighting in here. Now, the original Matrix film, like pioneering some new like s- ways of presenting choreographed fights on screen. Like they were they were doing some creative new things. And look, of course, we've seen, you know, like things been mimicked or emulated following that. It, it, it's always bound to happen. And I was going into this being like, okay, look, I know none of it really excites me. The you know, the action we're seeing and then bouncing off walls and you know doing the bullet time stuff. So I'm like, yeah, because we've seen it. That's that aside, I was prepared to be like, I'm just going to enjoy seeing that stuff again, um, and then seeing some really cool choreographed like one-on-one fights. You know, Keanu Reeves just punching people because as we've seen recently, we know that he can still do it and he can do it well. And what does this movie give us? A lot of like force pushing. There yeah, is, it does. there is a lot, and I get it. It's like, well, he doesn't just like he doesn't need to dodge bullets, he doesn't need to throw his fists. Okay, I still want to see it. I still want to see him, yeah. No, me it. too. Yeah, no, I, was I agree that completely. Too much, yeah, air bending, pushing crap. I was like, oh, I mean, I I get that the showing that he's leveled up, I get it, level, but you're right, you know, I want to see what you want to see for the matrix, and there's that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Because we've like, seen if not in, him, in then... John Wick, you know, in, in John Wick, like, Keanu Reeves can do more now than what he could do back then. Like, he can actually do more. So it it's just, just seems yeah. a shame that they're not having <laughs> him show it off. But then we've got Neil Patrick Harris as the analyst. And when it's revealed, you know, he's the big bad, he just brings everything to a standstill. And do you know what? He ruins bullet time. He absolutely ruins bullet time. He shits on it, doesn't he? (laughs) He really does. Because the analyst, he's like, thanks, Neo. You actually gave me the idea. So he's just slowing everything down even further to the point where Neo can't even do anything. I'm like, oh. So it's like, yeah, yeah, like like bullet time is too slow. Bullet time is not fast enough to be of any... (laughs) Yeah, well, he's in charge, isn't he? He's writing it. So he's Mm -hmm. making it. Even though... 
Neo is moving fast. He's not moving fast enough. So it, like with, with Neil Patrick Harris's character, like again, very interesting sort of idea that you know, like they're he's in a position as his psychiatrist, his therapist, to sort of keep um, you know Neo in check. Every any times, any time he's having a thought of like questioning the world, you know, like what is this? What's happening? Is this real? Is this not? As his therapist, he can sort of bring him back down to, in quotations, reality and just make sure he doesn't sort of overstep into, into that other kind of world. Cool kind of concept. And then, you know, yeah. as it is, like there's that all that big reveal. It's like, okay, this is interesting. Neil Patrick Harris is bringing like a certain personality to the character where it's like, you know, he's got a bit of a sniggering, sinister side to him. And it's like, okay, kind of intimidating. And then there's this big immense power that he essentially has where it's like, holy shit, this guy, even though, you know, like, man, he's kind of stuffing up bullet time, but it's like, okay, he's kind of unstoppable. But then there's some convoluted idea that it's like, no, he needs Neo and Trinity. And it's just like, that's where I started to get lost again, where I'm like, yeah, but why? Like, why? Like, just, just, well, if, just kill him. Like, just kill Like, they, well, they're going, a power just, source. I don't know what is it. That's why. Zinc? That what, is what is going on. Yes, it's very monsters Inc. But that is why, though, isn't it? And that's what the Matrix has whole always been. Like, human beings are batteries, of course, and they are powering everything. What he found because it's like, like a new manager super, taking over batteries. a store. Yeah, there's a new manager taking over a store. You've got to in, improve profits, um, efficiency, all those things. You know, yeah, that's what you got to do. So you got to do better than the last guy. So he's coming in and he's, <laughs> and he's, he's found that more power is generated, you know, like you're saying, you know, by loss, longing, and specifically Neo and Trinity. So they can't be together, but they need to be close. And that's... It's all about generating power. So, okay, that's what you're telling me. I can go with that. And Patrick Harris, I think because, you know, it's Neil Patrick Harris, like never in a million years did I think he'd be cast as a big bad in the Matrix film. So when he's... <laughs> it's a bit random, but psyched, I think it works. I think that works. I'm like, well, that's who he plays in the film. That is all he is. And he ended up being much more than that. And it, and it, was, it was an interesting way to have... Neo and Agent Smith team up, although it would have been a lot more impressive if it had been Hugo Weaving. But okay, we've got this other guy, and he's fine, don't get me wrong, but he's not Hugo Weaving. So again, detractor again, you know, when I'm watching oh, this movie. Like, you know, one of the one of the cool things that like that the agents used to, you know, obviously do is like hack into not really hack, but sort of just take over like a, a, a person in the matrix and then like sort of shapeshift and become that being in this. It's like, Oh, they can be, they can be anyone. Like anyone essentially is a zombie. I cool for one scene, but I don't know. It just seemed like there's just too much, too much threat. Just Yeah. And do you know what? You just reminded me what they're doing I, I get it. They're trying to make it bigger and more impressive, but it's it's taking away a bit of the charm of what we know the Matrix to be. Like when there's that line when they're like, oh, we don't need a telephone box to transport now. Yeah. Boo. Like, oh, yeah. Like, That's oh. classic Matrix. Pick. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you walk outside. We don't see many telephone boxes now, but it was so... So Matrix, like that, you know, it was the 90s and that's what it was. And the, the, the handset or the headset was just drop. They're traveling through the phone line and you don't have that. So like you say, the like zombies are taking over multiple people. It's like the more they can do, it's just losing a bit of what I love about the Matrix. Yeah, as, I get as, it. It needs to be modern and bigger. Mm. It's, it's like as complex and, you know, mind-boggling the concept of the Matrix was, you know, once you grasp it, it was, you know what, you bring it all down, it, there's, you know, it, it's, there's rules in place and you understand how things work. 
with this, it's like they're, they're literally in a digital platform where like the machines have, they, they have too much power and control where it's like, at the end of the day, like who cares if you, if you're aware of where you are and what you can do. And, you know, it's, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Cause in the, it almost seemed like they could just flick, click their fingers and, you know, just bend reality. Essentially, they they could just snap someone out of existence from the matrix. It seemed like they had that much power, like unlimited. There was no real limit to it. And yeah, as you said, it it just it takes away something, whether it be the magic or the charm or just the abilities that you know Neo and Trinity these characters can actually do. Who cares if they can and what we've seen them push people? And oh stuff. well, it's I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, they <laughs> throughout the movie, oh, like Neo is asked, like, "Is it true you can fly?" And and he's I mean, trying to fly again. One funny scene. That's a funny scene where he's like, "Let me, let it me is, do this." And then, is. nope, that ain't happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I gave it a chuckle. There's a point for the movie. <laughs> but when you get when you get the moment where 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 they jump, he takes that leap with Trinity. And it looks like they're going to fly and then they're falling. And then Trinity is the one that's flying and she's holding Neo. I'm like, whoa, hang on, hang on, hang, hang on. Go on a second. <laughs> and it's like you're thinking back to the original prophecy and Trinity to yeah. Neo. I was like, is you Trinity see, the one? I know, is Trinity the I one? know you're the one because I'm in love with you. And oh, there's all of this now. Come back to me. And and then I'm like, oh, okay. So, so let's let's be you know the, the film's been meta already. So let's think. Okay, so Carrie Ann Moss has been approached to do this film. Like, what's in it for her? Like, what? Why? Oh, you're you're gonna fly? Oh yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do okay, it. yeah, that sounds cool. So, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm and it's not because Trinity is flying. It's because Neo isn't. And and it's one of the, it's that thing, isn't it? Where is the characters in the film and us, the audience? Since 1999, we've been told that Neo is the one. And we, like Morpheus, believed it. And then here we are watching this new film. What saved it for me is right at the end, both of them are flying independently. I'm like, well, okay then. Okay then. That's okay. It's still, it, it can, there's a little part of fly. That, that takes away the, like, how special is Neo? when someone else can do the same thing it's like yeah okay. i mean she's she's flying she's not she's not doing the other things that he can do but you know who knows maybe she maybe she can do it i mean she's gone through a lot herself maybe it's been in proximity being in the pods preserved for 60 years who knows i did well, find i did find with her like just suddenly remembering everything i just felt sort of like it was sort of like, okay, here's a bit of an easy answer. Almost like the name of, is the name of the video game company, the Duex Machina? Is that this Let movie? Let me say this. Let me <laughs> say this. I feel like that's what we got. <laughs> like, ah. The big selling point of this film, other than being a Matrix film, it's having Keanu Reeves, Carrie Moss on screen together. Those two have got such great chemistry. And I love seeing them together. I you really know, I, do. I really like the scenes of them just in the coffee shop. Oh, man, it's brilliant. But like, all, do I all know the you? Scenes. You know, like, yeah, like this. All of good. that. They were is, good. So I think all of that is, is fantastic. You know, I can't remember the guys. What's the name of the guy that directed John Wick? It's I don't Chad. want to tell you because I've got some trivia coming up and I'll come uh, back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Let's do it now, man. Let's do it now. Well, it's, you know, we're, we're in the moment. What's his surname? It's Chad. It I've got with it an S. right here. Let me just find my trivia. All right. Trinity's alter ego, Tiffany, is now married to Chad. He's played by Chad Stahelski, who, like you said, directed the John Wick series with Keanu Reeves. He is, in fact, also, or he was the stunt double for Keanu Reeves in the original Matrix trilogy, hence both actually played Neo. So in a way, yes. in a way, we're talking meta here, Trinity is married to Neo. 
in a way. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Not in a way. That, I mean, there's no way Lana Wachowski missed that. Oh, she clearly she, knows. No, she did not <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So this it's, is this it's guy's happening. only acting role. It's not like he's a director, actor, you know, all rounder. He's a director. There you go. It's intentional. And, and, and yeah. stunt, sorry, and obviously the, his stunt work and stuff. That's, I should clarify, as just acting as in a performance as character, not doing stunt work. This is his only acting role. Yes, of course, this was intentional. Yeah, it, yes, clearly. And if you but didn't again, know, it means nothing. Chad, <laughs> 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 hello. But it's just it's it's just extra extra meta. But going back to Keanu and Carrie and Moss, honestly, seeing them together is just incredible, and you buy it. And this movie, more than any other Matrix film, is a love story. It really is. Like obviously, they have attraction early on. She yeah. is in love with him, but we're told a lot of it. But as you've just said, that scene in the coffee shop and other scenes where we're not being like a lot of this film, we're not being told. We're actually seeing yeah, and the relationship doing that with this. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. This movie really presents more so than the previous ones that them two together means something. And it's like, Oh, they can't be too close because then they become, you know, flying Airbending superheroes, which is cool, but in black. <laughs> in but black. when when you've got them, and then you know the analyst is like, right, okay. So if she if she chooses to stay with you, then you win. If not, I win. And when she's about to leave, and I know what you're saying that oh, she just kind of like just remembers and turns a- again. That you know from that first film, like the love that they have for each other, and she was able to say no and walk away, but just glancing back at him and he was getting piled on. I was there. I was along for the ride. I bought into it and I'm like, yes, this is great. And as soon as they were fighting side by side, I love that. It's got to be a bit of a head spin though. Like if you, you think about her, like if you were that character, that she now knows of this existence where she has a husband and two kids. And then suddenly she gets all these memories of this, of like the real world and uh, past experiences with Neo. I don't know. There's going to be some sort of connection to her husband, her kids that, you know, like just to be like, Oh my God, like they're machines. They're, they're, they're digital. Nothing like that's pretty, that's going to mess with you a little bit. I think the, the kids I get, yeah, you know, really hard, but with the, the husband, it was revealed that he was a handler, wasn't he? Mm, yeah. Just well, like thing, Neo was, was had something, in the office. Oh, it doesn't Trinity say later, you know, like when she punches someone. It must be Neil Patrick Harris that she punches, where it's like, oh, this is for like using kids or something. Yeah, yeah. It was, so it was so the they analyst. must be they must have been real kids or they were handlers as well. Well, they were digital. They they, so they were digital, real right? People. Well. They they yeah, the, the well, the whole family are digital, like the handlers. Are digital like agents? That's gonna mess with you. That's all I'm saying. Gotta mess with you. But like, oh, no, it would, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And if this was the start of a second trilogy, then that's definitely something that would have come back. Because yeah. even though she had the moment where she chose Neo, like whether those, do you know what I mean? Like she still has that has those memories of her children. So that that would be a thing. But for for this film. There's no time. She needs to get with Neo. She needs to fly. They need to go and see the analyst. And they need to play some rock music. You know, it's the Matrix. <laughs> Good plays of rock music. But it did feel good. Honestly, about rock you know, music. It, it did feel... in the film, in the film when they refer to the new game as the Matrix 4, I'm so glad they didn't call this film that. Matrix 4. Oh, no, they needed, Matrix a, four. They needed a, a word that started with R because that's the... Absolutely. Yeah, but it's... Resurrections, it's better than just the number four. <laughs> Matrix retconned, the Matrix rehashed, the Matrix revival. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, literally, could have you gone know, with got, anything and it all would I've have got to been. be honest. I think when I went to watch this and it was during the daytime, it must have been, yes, yeah, so 
maybe less than a week after it had been released, mid-afternoon, there was maybe four other people in the cinema. That was it. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Everyone's still I mean, I guess everybody... Spider-Man, probably. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, yeah. Everybody's watching no, but, Spider-Man you or know, Not so much Venom, here, but, but in the United States, you know, like, I think this was the last of Warner Brothers' plan, planned HBO Max simultaneous release. The box office returns for this so far have not been great. It's essentially... Can we use the big B word? It's a it's a bit of a bomb. It's a bit of a bomb. It's yeah. not happening. But maybe and do you know what has HBO no. Max got something to do with it, or is there the audience just not really there for this? There's no positive word of mouth from people that I know that had seen it. So before I'd watched it, I didn't know any story points or anything like that. I just knew that people I know watched it and didn't like it. <laughs> I had that knowledge going into it but I was trying to keep optimistic but again like just about five people in a screening yes yeah, yeah. so I, I yeah it's clearly not going to do great but as you say it's the it's the last film in in that streaming model because what they're going to a new model after this film aren't they I don't know is it a normal model where they put movies out in cinemas and then after a certain period of time they put it out on their streaming network yeah, so I think it's with a, <laughs> I think it's like a 45-day window. I mean, I shared with you off air, like here in Australia, New Year's Day, we've just got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Beginning of April, home release, streaming, DVD, Blu-ray here in Australia. It's such a quick turnaround. That's still, now. I mean, that's still three months for us from our, you know, like, it um, is, but that's that's, that's that's pretty quick. But it's it's certainly not as quick as what the streaming still, services. Still three months, ninety that. days. That's still pretty decent. Whereas, if you look at like, I mean, here in Australia, we don't have HBO Max, but in the US, like day and release, a film like Suicide Squad, you know, Matrix, June, it's killed them. It's out there already. Killed the movies. Yeah, it's, killed the movies. I mean, I get it. There's things happening in the real world that's, you know, made them try and change things up. But yeah, after the Matrix, they're going to look at changing the model. I mean, it's clearly bigger than the Matrix because they plan to do it for a while. But to have this film be the last one released, both streaming and cinema on the same day. Yeah, it's it's not a good example of... Yeah, it's not a good example of how successful films can still be at the cinema. I mean, look at something. We've mentioned Spider-Man already. Like, it's killing it at the box office. Mate, we got a billion-dollar film this year. How's that? <laughs> like, Who saw that coming? Like, post-pandemic, a billion dollars. That's That hasn't happened since 2019. Can you believe it? Wow, I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Wow. And I don't know what The Matrix is doing, but... Clearly, nowhere near that. Uh, I believe, as of the second of January, I believe it's like sixty million that it's brought in. Wow! Like, which is pretty. Wow. Let me just double check that because I don't want to put out wrong information. Okay, that was the budget. I'll calm down a little bit. Okay, it's brought in four hundred and sixty-six point <laughs> six. Oh, oh wow. no, 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 okay. no, no! Sorry, sorry. That was the first Matrix movie. Oh no! Oh, this is. <laughs> I'm doing oh, this. what a roller coaster. Oh, I'm doing this terribly. Oh, I definitely typed in the Matrix res- <laughs> Resurrections. It's still coming up with that first bloody... Hey, listen, you you just look at that. I just want to say we should probably talk about the post credits scene. And I've got to be honest, I didn't stick around. I left the cinema. It wasn't until after the fact I read online that there was one. Jumped on YouTube. What could it be? A waste of time. Not interesting at all. (laughs) Not interesting at all. Because there was that um, that focus group at the video game company, and they were brainstorming what the new Matrix could be, what the Matrix was, what it could be. And the talk, yeah, ends where they're talking bullet time. And it felt like it had just been stuck in the middle of the movie. Like it, it didn't fit anywhere else, even though it was doing a lot of setup. But it was those guys together in a room. And I thought, oh, okay, so we're done with those guys. And that was the post credit scene. 
it meant nothing. It it wasn't no. even funny. It wasn't. It just seemed like a waste of time. It was. It was just a waste. It was. I mean, it, it was just a tag. Like you said, where this isn't setting up any future sequels or anything like that. It's just a little fun tag, but it wasn't fun. It wasn't interesting. It wasn't clever. What a waste of time. And um, just to cap everything off, okay, I finally got the numbers. Budget, $190 million, right? The box office return as of today, the 2nd of January, 2022, which is where we are, $72.3 million. Wow. Rough. It is rough. At least it's gone up from that $60 million that I had seen. Which I yeah, think I mean, that's... Yesterday. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, well, happening. okay. Yeah. I mean, this is it, isn't it? This is the Matrix. We're going to get four films. Let's let's rate this one. The Matrix Resurrections. Is that what this one is called? Yes, the Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I really wanted to like this, and I guess you know anybody watching this wants to like it. The it's it. I'm just like the scales are going back and forth. I'm like, oh, I'm really not liking this. Or, oh, I'm liking this. This is enjoyable. Oh, I was up and down with with this film. There's the elements of the Matrix there, and I did, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I ah, again, again, I, I was told going in it wasn't going to be great, but I was still hopeful. But it's it's an okay film. There's things to like about it, but when they keep reminding you of ways of doing it better in other films. I'm going to come in at a three out of five. It's great seeing Keanu back, Carrion Moss back. You know, I enjoyed all of that. It's just, I don't know. And it's Keanu Reeves. Those first films, it was a moment in time. You know, he had his short black hair, clean shaven, we're getting in, you know, a different Neo here. He's older. I get it. He's growing his hair out. He's got the beard. That's fine. And it's, I'm getting my head around. Okay, so this is what Neo looks like in this in this film. And it's that thing where they keep showing you the old films. And it looks like we're seeing John Wick and we're getting flashbacks to Neo. Anyway, three out of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, seeing... Keanu and Carrie Ann back, of course, like great, fantastic, cool, bit of bit of old school, even though you know, look a little bit different, a little bit older, a little bit hairier. It's all good. Um, but look, this movie had no faith in in its fan base and its audience, having watched the previous three films, that it felt the need to constantly remind us and give us hints and flashbacks to what had previously come. And in, but at the same time, what it was doing was essentially rehashing the same story beats from that first movie, that it is a bit of a drag. Yes, there's new elements and there's new sort of concepts and ideas, but those concepts and ideas aren't that great compared to the wonderful, exuberant, um, you know, mythology and, and concepts in that first Matrix movie and then sort of beyond as well. That in this one, it just seems like almost like fan fiction, that nothing is that overwhelmingly profound. It kind of makes it seem like it is, but it's not. The action is pretty average. Nothing new, nothing that impressive. Even just the normal choreographed hand-to-hand combat, there barely isn't any of it. Um, You know, there's a few saving graces, some cool scenes with Kanu and Carrie Ann. Neil Patrick Harris is pretty fun when he's in the movie. Good to see Naomi back. Ah, you know, I don't know. I can't give this anything more than a two out of five. It just, it wasn't great. Some redeeming qualities, but just was not great. It was not good. It wasn't good. Two out of five. I clearly had a better time with it than you did. I just want to add, Carrie Ann Moss in this film looks stunning. And it honestly doesn't look like too much time has passed since those first films. 
Oh, she's a blessed, she's a blessed lady. I'll tell you that. She's very blessed. <laughs> and we've seen Bill and Ted face the music. Keanu looks better with a beard. Although we do get him. We have a beard and short hair. Yeah. So maybe that's what was odd about seeing him in face the music, having the long hair and no okay. beard. Nah, yeah. I thought it was just being clean shaven. Nah, his head that looks was... weird in, in Bill and Ted face the music. But in here, even, you know, like maybe it is, maybe it is the shaved head that... It didn't look an odd shape, so I'm not sure. I'm really not sure <laughs> what happened in there, but it looked fine. But yeah, face, without a beard yeah, in face this movie. the music. It really looks yeah, fine. Yeah, it just looks a bit odd in that one. But okay, okay, that's how the stars look. <laughs> Can't help it. What if in Bill and Ted they digitally removed the beard? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, and gave him like a. I don't know. Gave him like a. Like a Henry Cavill, Henry treatment. Cavill face, yeah. <laughs> Henry Cavill face. And that's why it looked odd. Um, it was all digital. Just his face was the Matrix. I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I know we're I know we're finishing it. It's still Warner Brothers. The opening of Justice League when that kid is filming Henry Cavill. What the anyway? It's even worse now. We know <laughs> now we've seen the Snyder cut. It is weird. So much better. So much better. Anyway, uh, we've done our trivia, so we'll just let's just sign off. That's it for our review of The Matrix Resurrections. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Spider-Man No Way Home and June. And be sure to check out our next episode, Year in Review 2021. Yep. Got to get the drinks out. We're ready to wrap everything up for the year. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.